to broken but glorious. Hulk Hogan, Hollywood Hulkster, whatever they call you, I'm coming after you, you coward. I'm Chris Lappin, and I'm delighted to be joined on the line by the monster, Alan Kay. I don't see you in an Alan. Yeah, hello, you alright? Yeah, I'm brilliant, thank you. <laughs> so, before we get into the interview, I just wanted to learn a little bit about your fandom and who your favourite wrestlers were. So, who, how long have you been a wrestling fan? Um, I've been a wrestling fan for maybe. Oh, Christ, I'm old, so <laughs> 20 years, maybe, yeah, about 20 years. It would it would have been around about whenever WrestleMania 14 was. That's when I started getting into it, so what was that, 98, so what? Yeah, I'm not going to bat, so however many, yeah, however long ago WrestleMania 14 was. <laughs> yeah, so, yeah, WrestleMania 35 this year, so 21 years. Oh, Christ. <laughs> So who was your favourite wrestler growing up? Uh, growing up was Triple H. All, like always has been, always will be. Um, he was the reason I got purple tights when I started wrestling. Yeah. Um, because my favourite match for a long time was the ladder match that he had against The Rock, and he wore the purple tights. Yeah. Wow. Um, it just he's the best as far as I'm concerned. He's like the best wrestler that there ever has been. And like his knowledge and everything he does is just it's just so good. So what prompted you to don the tights and get in the ring yourself? Uh, honest answer is I turned 25 and, well, I was just turned 25. Uh, my son um, had just been born and yeah. I didn't want him growing up, like saying, oh, my dad works in an office. My dad works in a warehouse. Or my dad does this. I wanted, I wanted my son to grow up and say, oh, my dad's something cool. Yeah. And then I was just poddling about on the internet at work um, doing nothing and then I saw an advertiser come up on Facebook from my local training school which is um, the Elite British Wrestling NCWA Dojo in Rotherham mm. and I was like eh, I'll give it a go I, like, at this point I was a really big lad like I was a lot heavier than, than I am now I was a big fat lad I'd never done any cardio or anything like that so I thought oh, I'll give it a go and see what it's like and then it just went from there, really. I just uh, stuck to it. I kind of, I kind of got to grips with what was happening, and then it opened my eyes to like the British indie scene as well. Which, to be honest, at that time, I did not know existed at all. So until like five years ago, I didn't even know that British wrestling was a thing. Um, so obviously now, my eyes just—it's mad how everything's grown in my eyes from me not knowing anything five years ago to where we are now with like WWE. NXT UK and stuff like that. Yeah, definitely. I, I would say I'm only pretty new to the British scene. I've only been going to shows since about 2015. So they say if you survive your tra- first training session, then you probably could become a wrestler. <laughs> Well, this is the thing. I didn't survive my first session. No. Like, I went on my first session, and then I was so broken. Like, my back was in bits, yeah. my legs were in bits. So keep in mind, like, I'd, I'd never done any exercise at all. Ow. So I'd never done a squat. I'd never done a burpee. I'd done maybe 20 press-ups in the 25 years I'd been alive at that point. So I'd done all these press-ups, squats, burpees, sprints, 
months. I didn't go for training. I didn't go to training for another six weeks after that. Wow. Like, it took me six weeks to convince myself to be in that much pain again. <laughs> and then, like, the more I got it, the more I put the notches in my bum card. Then I was like, okay, right, I, I'll be all right. I can deal with a bit of pain. It'll be fine. <laughs> <laughs> so was uh, Triple H your main influence and who you wanted to mold your star around when you started training with? Oh, absolutely. You look at half of the moves that I do, um, or have done at any point. Um, one of my signature moves is a massive spine buster, which is a complete rip-off yeah. of what Triple H did. At one point, I even used pedigree as a finish. Like I, If I could have everything to do, if I could come to the ring on a motorbike, <laughs> I would do just to rip off Triple H. <laughs> <laughs> I'll have a Mad Max entrance five years after the film comes out. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> so, what do your friends and family think about your wrestling? Um, honestly, they don't. They don't really mind. Like, there's no. Like, they're all happy that I'm doing something that I loved as a kid and all that lot. But, like, they don't want to see me get hurt or anything like that. Right. Um, so they don't. They don't really show interest as such. But they don't defer me away from it either. So it's kind of like they're happy that I'm doing it, but will never come and watch me do it. Oh. <laughs> So take us back to your first match and what do you remember about it and in hindsight was it any good? I remember it being god awful. <laughs> it was it was horrific. Um if anyone ever wants to torture me, show me my first match. Oh. <laughs> um it's on YouTube somewhere. I can't remember who uploaded it, but it was at my first singles match was against my well cu- my current um, team member in Sam Kenny. Yeah. Um, I was way it was way too soon for me to be in a ring, especially in a one on one. Um, it was it was awful. We lost the rhythm after about three minutes. We oh. lost the crowds about two minutes before that. Um, it was the most basic of stuff, and it was just, it was just awful. Like, and I mean this in the nicest way possible. Like, I can watch it now, and I've learned so much from it. But at the time, both me and Sam will agree that the match itself was awful. So how long? But at the time, it was the best thing <laughs> ever. So how long was it after you started training for your first match? Was it? Um, I started training in March, and my first proper match was. September, so maybe wow, six, six months. months. Yeah, six months in. Wow. So I've heard some people say you need oh, at least a year. Yeah, actually, I tell a lie. I did have a part in a match like the month before in August. Mm. Um, I was part of a six-man uh, six-man tag match between it was myself, Dirt by Dave Stewart, and the Earl versus a tag team called the Chaps. Um, one of which was called Badius Isambard Bancroft, and I cannot remember the other guy's name <laughs> for the sake of me, and a guy called Jacob Page. Yeah. Um, that wasn't so bad, but I did nothing in the match. I literally got beat up for five minutes oh. and then got pinned. That was my only point in the match, but my first singles match was the one against Sam, yeah. and that was wrong. <laughs> so, did, how did you come up with the monster character? I didn't, to be honest. No. Um, I was I was a good guy for quite a while. Um, I, I, just never, I just wasn't comfortable with it at the time. Um, I was tagging with uh, Dirtbag Dave Stewart. Uh, we were on a quite a big run, um, and it, it just wasn't for me. Um, 
the character that I play is it's not really it's not it's not really a character to be honest. People say that the best characters are just yourselves turned up to eleven. Yeah. And I've took that character and just turned it up to twenty five. Wow. Um, I I can portray like if if I want people to cheer me, I can, I can get them to cheer me. If people want to boo me, I can make them boo me. But it's all on their perception of what they want to do. Yeah. Um, for, for me now, like there's no set good guy and bad guy stuff in wrestling it, it is very much oh I like this guy I'm going to cheer them uh, I, I put it like like people watching football like I'm a Man United fan so 99% of wrestling uh, football fans hate Man United but yes. I love Man United yeah. so I, I put it so, down yeah. kind of like that that people just kind of go oh I like that guy I'm going to cheer that guy no matter what he's doing um, there's not many pure heel or faces anymore um, so I wouldn't say I really have a character as such, but I just, if I feel like saying something, I'll say it. And if it gets cheered, fine. If it gets booed, fine. But there's, there's no such character there. It's just no. me wired on caffeine, just going out and having a good time, to be honest. <laughs> and then how do, how's your wrestling style evolved over the years then? It's slowed down a lot because I was doing, I was doing way too much when I first started, which I think, if you speak to any wrestler, they'll admit they do the same. They um they do way too much to try and be pressed. Yeah. Uh, and it just leads to more stuff to, to show up as uh, as bad. You look poor or you look silly doing it. Um, I would say now that now that I'm just doing more of a more of a fighter as such. I don't I don't really wrestle. Uh, I, I'm not one for a, a wrist lock or a hammer lock or no. a fancy headlock takedown. But my forearm will smash you in the side of the face, mm. oh. and I will kick you in the back of the head, and I will I will grind people down until the point that they have to they have to stay down. Rather than and, and don't get me wrong, I can do the flips, I can do the uh, the runners and stuff like that. So, which, which who is the person you enjoy working with most? And the two people, well, I enjoy working with everyone because it gives me a different style and. Like, there's a lot of people that I've worked with previously that I've yeah. had a lot of fun with. So, the likes of Dirt by Dave Stewart, I've had um, some matches with him that have been, been great. I've had great fun. Um, the, the two matches I always kind of go to uh, that I've had the most fun in is one with uh, Liam Carr for uh, Mega Slam Wrestling in yeah. Liverpool. Um, I, I absolutely adore that match because it was a hot crowd. Um, they, they were going wild. It was a good match. It was a, uh, the first time I'd met um, WWE referee Chris Sharp. Yes. Um, who was really kind enough to kind of sit us down and uh, and help us help us like uh, go through the match, say uh, what type of reactions we should be looking for. So it was like really good to sit down with Chris uh, to be able to to go do some stuff. Um, and the other person I like working with a lot is James Bacon, who unfortunately at the moment has uh, completely knackered his knee up. No. Um, touch wood, like he should be, he should be back soon. But yeah. like me, me and James had some fantastic matches throughout last year. Um, when I was catch champion for Elite British Wrestling, um, he eventually beat me. Um, Winter Wars, maybe twenty seventeen, I think it was. Yeah. Um, Elite British Wrestling, where he beat me for the title in the triple match. Um, and, I mean, I'll put I'll put the um, the match out recently, and um, just because it, the um, the reaction. When James wins is is just incredible. Um, we we both put in a lot of work 
to to make to make that work and uh, like the reaction when he wins is just just incredible you kind of sit there and go all right it's it's crap that i lost but at, at the end like the match was something special and we, we've just had lots of matches like that so is that match on your youtube channel yes 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 it's so, on there yes yeah so i'll, I'll link it into the, in the description below the interview if anyone wants to go watch it oh cool Hello, this is Flynn Arlo, and you are listening to Broken But Glorious Podcast. So, um, so you're a member of the tag team faction, the, the Monsters. Um, could you tell us a bit about the history of the team and how you met the other members? Uh, yeah, of course. Um, so the Monsters came about after, um, as I said previously, I was tagging with Dirt by Dave Stewart at the time. Um, uh, we were in a tag team title match again. It was me and Dirtbag versus Jason Jacobs and Sam Kenny, uh, who are uh, some of the other members of the Monsters at the time. They were uh, they were a team called the Inmates. Yeah. Um, the the match uh, went down. Um, I stepped off the apron um, in disgust of uh, Dirtbag's antics, uh, and from there, me uh, the the first the first kind of rumblings of the Monsters. Um, was me, Jason Jacobs, and Sam Kenny. Um, so that started from there. And um, a couple months later, um, Ivy, who is, in my opinion, uh, one of, if not the best female wrestler in Britain she's at the a, moment. Yeah, she's um, somebody I really want to see. She is, she is absolutely incredible. Um, her mind, the business is just incredible. Um, but what she can do with it is, uh, is just as good. Um, I, I will be very surprised if within the next year she is not affiliated with one of the big companies wow. um, in wrestling. With, without a doubt, my mind is not shaded whatsoever. She will be involved with one of the big companies within the next year or so. She is that good. Um, but that's enough putting her over because she'll <laughs> only get an ego trip and brag about it constantly. Um, but yeah, um, a few months after that, like Ivy, um, Ivy turned up. Um, at the time, she was working music for the early British wrestling company. Um, during the beatdown of Dirt by Dave Stewart, um, dragged her from the music box, came to make the save. She turned, oops, uh, turns on uh, Dirt Bag, gives them a low blow. Wow. I did enjoy the monsters, um, which everyone hated. <laughs> like, that was not a popular decision, but. Uh, went from there. Um, then it stayed like that for maybe maybe two years, mm. just the four of us. And then recently we've had um, Joey D, who, uh, who who has joined. Um, fantastic wrestlers um, wrestled against some of the biggest names of the country. Um, it's not the world. He had a, a great match with Drew McIntyre wow. um, when he was uh, back on the Indies. Yeah, um, it was Drew Galloway. Uh, Fantastic guy. Um, then we've got Hangman Harry Pierpoint, who's the current Liberty Wrestling Heavyweight Champion. Um, and also Ruby Radley, who, uh, with Ivy's pretty little killers. Again, fantastic worker. Um, and she just adds a bit of crazy to, uh, to the group. And, yeah. And that's kind of it for now. Um, there may be more, there may be less. Um, we could get stronger at any point, but for the moment, like the, uh, the amount of us that are there, I think between us we have a big mixture of all the experience, but uh, different styles. Uh, between us we have a, 
a lot of knowledge and experience uh, in just kicking the living hell out of people. That sounds amazing. <laughs> so, um, <laughs> so, what were some of your biggest feuds and matches you've had as a team? So. My personal feud with James Baker during the Monsters era, um, yeah. as I mentioned earlier, is probably one of my favourite things that I've done in wrestling. Um, <laughs> as a team, <laughs> the Monsters don't discriminate. The, the Monsters no. hate everyone equally. Wow. <laughs> like, we, we, dis- we despise everyone. So we've never really specifically targeted people, but we've had like really good matches um, against um, Paul Naylor and LJ Heron um, of notable British wrestling. Yeah. Uh, Paul Naylor Paul has been all over the country, as is uh, LJ Heron. Um, who, LJ Heron is criminally underrated, um, in my opinion. He should be everywhere. He, he's fantastic. Um, we've got like Paul, uh, Paul Naylor and LJ Heron. We've had um, matches against nearly everybody in early British wrestling. Um, Ivy had a big feud with uh, Georgie Archer. Um, yeah throughout a lot of 2018 and um, still carries on today so we kind of we've kind of had really good runs against everybody at some point and mm. um, we're, we're very lucky that whenever we we all or any of us get into the ring under the monsters banner we can kind of we can gain garner interest very quickly and, and every i mean everyone wants to see us lose don't get me wrong but yeah. whenever the <laughs> monsters are there they're uh, they're very interested in what's going on this is the infamous Cameron Solis, and you're listening to Broken But Glorious. How would you like to change people's perception of pro wrestling? Um, I, I don't, I, I honestly, I don't think it'll ever change the, um, uh, the perception of British wrestling, I I, well, wrestling in general, I don't think it'll ever change. No. I, I think it'll always be kind of this kind of, mm, semi-popular niche subculture where the people that like wrestling bloody love wrestling and the people that don't like wrestling will never be interested my wife for example cannot be could not be less interested in wrestling (laughs) at all including my matches yeah (laughs) she will never be interested in wrestling and i think the people that are like that they're always going to be like that they will probably watch a match and go oh that's cool that's fine um, but I, I just think wrestling will always be the, the little subculture that people love. So the people like like ourselves who, who are incredibly into wrestling and we, we love it yeah. with all our hearts. We'll always love it with all our hearts. We'll have peaks and troughs where we kind of up and down with it, but yeah. really we're always there. But I think the people that don't like it, it like, look at Love Island at the moment. People that love Love Island absolutely adore it and it is the best thing in the world. And then you've got me. Well, <laughs> wrestling fans. You've got wrestling fans who go, ah, oh, Love Island shit. So who cares? Like, it's not. Let's not talk about. It. And it, I think it's always going to be. I, mean, I think that's why it's interesting because our passion as wrestling fans, we can kind of go, yeah, but this is why it's good. This is why you should watch it. Let's watch this match and watch and watch this and watch this. And there's so many different things that you can watch that can that might be for someone's taste but no it's not it's like i'm not a fan of japanese wrestling i for some reason like i just can't get into it no. um but i love i love i love wwe that's kind of what i watch on the most um but then you've got the likes of set off martina and joey ryan Grado, madman manson who can add and you've got um like high flyers that can add a bit of uh, athleticism match and then 
people like Gabriel Kidd, who's come, I say he's coming through, he's been around for a long time. He's, he's brilliant, but he will, he'll bring the old British style back into it where the older generation can kind of go, oh, that's the kind of stuff I want to watch. So there's loads of stuff that, um, there's loads of stuff that people can get into. That maybe some non-wrestling fans will watch, but I don't think they'll ever, I don't think anyone ever switches from being non-wrestling fan to a wrestling fan with, with these anyway. Yeah, I think if there's, you, you can't find something these days you don't, you don't like, then you're never going to like anything. There's such a variety of wrestling these days. So I, I'm really into yeah, MLW at the moment. So it's, a, it's, my, okay. yeah, it's, it's taken all the, the best bits of WCW back in the day and just taken out the crap. <laughs> see, see, WCW for me yeah. was fantastic, but then it only led me to WWE. Yeah. And I switched back to WCW when it was hilariously awful. <laughs> oh, like, yeah. Judy Bagwell on a pole, awful. Like, that that era for me, so like, just as it was fading away, so like, what, maybe 2000, 2001? Yeah. Was just, it was horrifically bad. But if you watch it, if you watch it now, it's probably the most entertaining product you will see on any television anywhere. It was just, if you watch it now, you cannot believe how bad this is. And you've got like the commentators who will try their best to try and make you interested. But yeah. it is just hilariously <laughs> brilliant. Yeah, me and my son sometimes go back and watch just awful late, ni- late 90s, early 2000s WCW just to see how bad yeah. it is. <laughs> Like so, seeing glaciers just turn up and you're going, oh wow, this was a thing. That, that terrific. That was a thing. Oh god, no. I, said, I did pop when he, t- he turned off at AEW a couple of weeks ago from the Battle Royal. <laughs> did he? Yeah. Oh, I, I, see, I, I don't watch anything like AEW or anything like that at the moment. Like, I'll hmm. kind of watch GIFs and, and like YouTube clips and stuff. So, like, I saw the headshot from Cody Rowe, the chair shot Ooh, yeah. into the head from Cody Rowe. So, so, I've seen stuff like that, but like. Uh, I I not really watch the AEW stuff, so like I'm trying to catch up as best I can to try <laughs> to try and stay relevant in my opinion. But like someone was talking to me about New Japan the other day, and I I switched off. I did not have a clue about what anyone was saying. Yeah, I'm I'm, I'm slowly, very very slowly getting to New Japan. It's, I, I, it's, <laughs> it's difficult. That, yeah. It's difficult because like it's. There's so much history, and it's a completely different culture to what what we know as wrestling. So, like your WWE's AEW, Ring of Honor, and, and stuff like that, where the crowds are absolutely raucous, will chant and scream and sing. Yeah. And then you, a New Japan crowd, will have two massive blokes beating the living tar out of each other, and then just the a, a gentle applause. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's. I think, yeah, I think the crowds is the main. Locked for me getting full time into New Japan. The in, in ring products is brilliant, but it's, it's the crowds. I agree. So, um, yeah. what, what, what's the best advice you'd give to somebody wanting to start in the business? The was to stay. In, uh, the was to start in the business now. Uh, just keep your head down. To be honest, yeah. you'll hear nine thousand opinions. Every one of them will be different. Um, I've over the last five years have trained at numerous schools and uh, so I've trained at, as I mentioned at Leap Street Wrestling um, I've trained at WrestlePro, uh, WrestlePro Snapinfall Pro um, NGW Fight Spirit um, I've, I've trained numerous places and every single one of them can give you a different opinion yeah. and none of them are wrong absolutely none of them are wrong and you can take the 
best out of the best and the worst out of the worst. But at the end of the day, like, there are, don't get me wrong, there are wrong opinions. There, there are wrong, there is wrong advice that you can be given. But if you just dismiss it as wrong straight away, you're never going to learn. You need to be able to take the advice on and then learn why that could be wrong. Um, for me at the moment, there's a lot of people that, um, that go into training and have a very set idea of getting into wrestling, mm-hmm. having a match within six days and then <laughs> becoming a champion and getting to WWE within a year. Yeah. And it's, it, it can happen. Don't get me wrong. I've so known very, people very come into wrestling and just be incredibly good. Like, it's, um, a guy at EBW at the moment called Adam, Adam Bolt. Yeah. Incredibly talented guy. Annoyingly talented. Same with Hayden Scallon. Annoyingly talented guys <laughs> for how short of a time I've been doing it. But that's because they've come in and they've listened to a number of opinions. They've not just come in with their own ideology of what wrestling should be and gone, no. So that'd be my only advice is just keep your head down, work hard, which is your can wherever possible. Okay, so where, where can people see you in the near future? In the near future, um, I am at Elite British Wrestling Tramlines, which is on Sunday, the 21st of 45, man, 50, man. I think last year they did a 60-person over-the-top rumble. Um, so I'm in the rumble match, so it could be 10 people, it could be 90. We'll soon <laughs> find out. But I'm in, in a 60-man rumble, do you, it, so. do you come out like every 30 seconds or something? <laughs> come, come out every time. Well, the official number, but it was... As far as uh, as far as all the British wrestling is concerned, it was a record number of people wow. in a rumble match in the United Kingdom, <laughs> and it was every thirty seconds, and it was tiring. Wow. It was a long, long, long match. Oh, um, but like, it's, like it just keeps it interesting. Yeah. But my God, there was a lot of people in that locker room. It got you could taste the sweat in the air. It was warm. The amount of organisations for a 50-man rumble is crazy. It's, they um, give them credit where credit's due. Like, it took a lot of people um, yeah. to get that. They, put, they pulled it off in the end. Oh, cool. I'll, put, I'll, put, I'll put a link to tickets information and stuff in the description. So, um, oh, this this is the best thing. It's free. There is free? No charge. You just turn up on the day. If you want to reserve a seat, message you want to reserve a seat get the message because this is like their biggest show of the year it's absolutely free no charge whatsoever so you've got extra like money to buy wrestling merch or autographs or anything like that like they they serve drinks it's like genuinely like two shows free of charge that day so there's an afternoon show and an evening show and it's free completely free turn up sit down have a laugh, do who you want, cheer who you want. It's probably like the biggest day of the year as far as Olympic wrestling is concerned. And like genuinely, it's, like, it's a massive laugh. Like everyone just really enjoys it. Um, and for nothing, like there's no better deal than nothing. You pay nothing to get <laughs> to get in. Absolutely wow. nothing at all. No booking fees. <laughs> That's amazing. <laughs> <laughs> all right. So, and um, before we go, do you want to promote your social media? Uh, yeah, um, Facebook. What's my Facebook? Uh, Alan K. Professional Wrestler? Yeah. 
Alan K Professional Wrestler on Facebook and yeah. Twitter is the Alan K T H E A L A N K Y um, and the same on Instagram um, T H E A L A N K Y um, on Twitter and Instagram. Um, don't think I have anything else. Um, bookings is Alan K Wrestler at gmail.com. Um, I probably still have a MySpace somewhere out there <laughs> in a Vivo um, because okay. I'm really old and terrible with technology so I haven't deleted them so they're probably out there too probably find them out be funny <laughs> see what it was like 10 years ago when it was oh, a lot skinnier and a lot healthier and see who your top friends were 10 years <laughs> longer than 10 years can you remember the arguments you used to have yeah. when you your friend wasn't in your top 8 yeah. and you weren't in theirs it was a ridiculous it was an amazing time to be alive but that was my only concern in life for so being in someone's top 8 friends <laughs> yeah, but like, the, the arguments that I used to get into was horrible yeah, yeah I remember <laughs> <laughs> me, me and my girlfriend are proving off at the time she even phoned me up saying why am I in your top 8 friends <laughs> I had a girlfriend yeah. who got angry because I, she wasn't my number one, she wasn't in number one slot yeah. on, on MySpace. Yeah. I had a girlfriend who broke up with me because I refused to put her in the number one slot on MySpace. <laughs> See people, this, you think social media is an issue now. Yeah. Nah, you used to have genuine relationship issues about the number one slot on MySpace. <laughs> that is a social media challenge of the ages for you. I'll have to see if I've still got mine. I, I wouldn't recommend it because yeah. I can guarantee you'll only depress yourself when you realise how horribly nerdy you were at sixteen. Because yeah. I can, I was, I was a massive scene kid. I can, I probably took a picture on a digital camera that had four megapixels quality <laughs> from above my head with yeah. a blonde fringe uh, draped across my face, like every person. In two thousand, the year two thousand, probably did. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and when, when did I can up? only imagine it's horrifically embarrassing. So 2006-ish, it came out, wasn't it? I think. Is it? I can't remember. Well, I'm it, trying to think because I would have been in college, so yeah. two thousand. So it would have been two thousand and seven-ish because I was working. I remember working at Subway at yeah. the time on the night shift, <laughs> and I was seventeen, and I shouldn't have been working the night shift. No. <laughs> Oh, no. It's 2007, I've got purple hair. So, I don't know. <laughs> See, you, just, you think back to years and you don't re- you don't have me- memories, you have you just have bad memories of what your hair was like yeah. and how tight your jeans were and you loved, that, loved it that way. I was, I was now gonna... I'm depressed at how tight my jeans are because I want them to be loose. Yeah. <laughs> I was going to say, I, 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 was a, I had baggy jeans. That jeans are far too big for me. That was the style at the time. So. And I'm like running through the puddles and you, you just didn't have a care for the world. Like oh, you yeah. bottom of your jeans would be absolutely soaked. Oh, up to, up to and you would be all turned so. up and horrible. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, I'll put all the links in the description to all your social media. So I've really oh, enjoyed, cool. Thank you. I've really enjoyed speaking today. I'd love to have you on again in the future. <laughs> Yeah, man, definitely. When I'm uh, when I'm busier and uh, I've managed to not hate myself more than I already do in, in wrestling, we'll come back a few years down the line when I'm either broken from wrestling or a massive <laughs> success, and we'll either go through the the sad diary of Alan Kay or the massive successful memoirs of Alan Kay. We'll go either way. Definitely. It's a toss up at the moment. It's a massive conflict. <laughs>